hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Today, more than ever, there's no excuse to be held back from doing anything. Anybody with a smartphone can make a name for themselves doing anything. So, I mean, I'm proof, the proof's in the pudding. I, I was nothing five years ago in terms of a social media. I didn't even have an Instagram. And now, you know, like I said, personally, there's almost a million followers between my accounts. And then on the back end, there's another four to five million that I'm kind of on the uh, the ghost side of it running. So you can create anything you want. If you, if you like, the key is finding your passion. If you're not passionate about it, you're not going to spend the time to do it. You're not going to see it through. You're not going to go through the grind. But if you have the passion for something and you want to do it, do whatever it takes. And like you said, you're not going to see a check for a long time. You can't, it's not about the money. It's about your passion. If you do what you love and you do it well, the money will find you. And so I think that's the theme. If you're going to put a bow on all this, that's kind of where it, it wraps up. And luckily for you and I, it's fishing-based, and we get to do what we love. I'm Rob Chapman with Outdoors 360, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Hey everybody, we have been uploading new shows to Waypoint TV. Waypoint is one of our advertisers here, but they're also a great place for us to put our shows that people can watch for free. And man, that's the way everybody seems to be watching now. You want to watch anytime, anywhere, any device that you want to, and that's exactly what they do over there. I mean, Apple TV, Roku, your phone, your computer, your Samsung TV your smart TV, any which way you want to watch, it's available. There's probably an app in the App Store for you to find it on your particular device. And if not, you can still go to waypointtv.com and watch all of the content for free, including all the new stuff that we've been putting up there. And this is all debuting before it hits the network. So pretty cool. And we're not the only ones doing it either. Other producers are are debuting their stuff on Waypoint TV. So that's where you go and find the freshest, newest content. And if you want to know more about it, you can follow them on Waypoint TV on Instagram, waypointtv.fishing, waypointtv.boating, waypointtv.hunting. Those are their Instagram accounts, and you can learn all about what new content is available. And if you want to, you can follow me, my own personal account, Tom underscore Roland. I put up a lot of stuff about this podcast, guests, when I interview someone. Uh, you can kind of see what's coming. You can make uh, contact with me there. You can make suggestions about the podcast or anything else, as well as fishing and fitness and all kinds of other stuff that I put up there. We have a website, TomRolandPodcast.com, and you can always 
email me at podcast at saltwater experience. And I appreciate the emails that I get every single week. You guys are the best. You're awesome. And if you like the show, I would really appreciate it if you go rate and review it on iTunes. All right. Today's episode is with a gentleman, another gentleman who has just decided that he wants to follow his passion. And his passion is telling stories. And his forte is telling stories in a certain way that it really captivates people's attention. And he is a guy that really was a very early adopter of digital storytelling, both on social media, websites, blogging, all of that. He created a business called Outdoor 360. He is Rob Chapman. And Rob Chapman uh, is a very interesting guy. He's got an awesome story. I learned a ton. I've got so many questions about social media and digital and how it all works. And man, he seems to really know and he has built a really incredible social media following in just a few years. So I was very, very excited to go and I actually went and visited him at his house and saw what he's all about and I was very impressed with with what I learned. He was was a super nice guy and I learned a ton. I think you're going to learn a ton too. So stand by for this conversation with Rob Chapman of Outdoor 360. So we're rolling. All right. Rob. Thanks for sitting down, man. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you in person. Yeah, I know. I know. I've seen you on the internet, like, everywhere. Yeah. Probably. I mean, seriously, everywhere. Try to be a little bit of, try to do a little bit of everything. Fishing, hunting, aquariums, anything outdoors. Yeah. Silly, fun, educational. So, yeah. So, Outdoors 360, that's yes. your that's your business. How did that start? Oh, uh, that's my baby. I mean, I kind of guess a lot of the themes of your shows are your passion, and my passion is the outdoors. So, grew up fishing and uh, spent all my time outside. You know, I just played sports or I was fishing. I did never really was indoors. Where and did you grow up? I grew up in, uh, born in Sarasota, Florida, grew up in Bradenton, Florida. Okay. So spent a lot of time on the beaches and on the boats and soccer fields and baseball fields and, uh, pretty much spent any weekend outdoors. And then as soon as I got home from school, I was outdoors. Mm-hmm. And did you prefer hunting or fishing or just anything? We actually outside? did do a lot of hunting. There's not a lot of deer in Bradenton where I grew up. We, um, so it was definitely fishing um, at different points in Sarasota. It was more saltwater. And then I think when I was probably about 10 or 11, we moved to a house with their own little pond. And I spent all day that if I wasn't on the ball field, I was in the pond, cast yeah. net and fishing for catfish, bass, bluegill, shiners, cane pole. I mean, it didn't matter. I was in the pond. I was in the rowboat and, you know, whatever, just playing around with the fish. Yeah. And then, so at what point do you kind of, decide that you think you might be able to make a dollar doing this or that you want to pursue this kind of direction in your life? Well, that's a tricky question because it took a long time to make a dollar off right. of it. So it's a, one of the first things I always tell people when I talk about Outdoors 360 and how it started and what I do now is you're going to fail and you're going to fail again and again and again. And it took it took a good year, year and a half to almost two years to get the sponsors behind the show or to actually not even the sponsors, I shouldn't say that, to get the actual investors from the start. So I had a vision. I wanted to do something with outdoors and to get more people outside and, and to bring it into digital media. This was probably five or six years ago. So Instagram was really new at that point. I don't even think I was on Instagram. So we were leveraging Facebook quite a bit. And I wanted to almost start a blog at the time and write about my stories. And so I write for a paper locally and do a lot of local articles. And what I found is that almost half my readers don't even fish or hunt. They just like the stories. So, uh, 
I had a pretty unique audience and a, and a different cross section of of people from all ages and all all likes, but they just like the stories. They like the entertainment value. So it was really technical in the beginning. It was a lot of education, and then I kind of started switching to people like the stories more. So I got into the fun side of it, and once I started telling the fun side of the stories, the website kind of blew up from there. And then we went into viral articles and different things, and and got less technical and more entertainment. Yeah. So, but what's interesting is that you're you're starting out writing. Now, is that because you have um, a background in writing or journalism or anything? <laughs> so I, I'll be quite honest. I don't, I don't think I'm a very good technical writer at all. Again, you'll probably hear that theme in everything I do. Technically, I don't think I'm that strong in, in the writing or the, or the back end of different things. But I, I write from the perspective of what I think my readers would like, and it's, so, it's more for entertainment. So my grammar is probably not the best, um, but it's kind of a free-flowing. I mean, I, some of the, I think we've talked about like Adam Carolla and Joe. Yeah. Some of these guys just shoot from the hip, and that's kind of how I write. I shoot from the hip. Uh, technically, definitely not the strongest, but to me, it was about the fun and the entertainment and kind of bringing readers into my world. And so it's funny, when I first started, it it was definitely a lot more about how and why I fished. And then it became, you know, when you're writing and you can bring people into your world, it's, you control what they see and what they feel and what, what, they envision the stories going. So it's kind of cool to be able to kind of switch, switch your mindset to write to the point that these, these people are following along and they have no idea what's about to happen. So right. I kind of took a lot of pride in writing stories that kind of brought people in. And it wasn't just about fishing. It was about my dog or it was about a road trip or it was about my, my girls or my wife, you know, the family and my wife and different things. So it, it, it evolved. Definitely. This whole thing, the, the theme of Outdoor 360 is it's organic. I had no idea what direction it was going to go. It's changed direction so many times. We've pivoted so many times, but uh, the theme is it's, it's get people outdoors. I've got a passion for the outdoors and, and people that normally aren't in the outdoors. Uh, if you can, I guess if they're watching the video at home, they can see out the, out the backyard is uh, Lake Jeffrey in Lake City, Florida. And I think at this point now, I've had over 25 people come out and catch their first fish ever oh, yeah. off the dock. So and we actually just finished a science experiment two days ago off the dock. So that was kind of my theme is to get new people in the outdoors. I think that's the biggest, you know, you're, you're passionate. You grew up fishing. And a lot of your guests that fish probably have had it in their blood all along. To me, I want to grow the audience that's, that's got some fear about it. Yeah. And I'm not that good a fisherman. I don't know how to use this right now. And, and, and I don't claim to be the best. What I do wherever I go, I learn from those that are around me. So Well, there's a real need, certainly, for people who... Um, you know, especially with YouTube and the the rise of YouTube and fishing popularity on YouTube, that some kids are watching that and they're going to their parents and they're saying, I want to do that. And then the parents don't have any idea what to do. Absolutely. There is a real need for that. Do you, do you work on trying to get those people like, you know, this parent that is now their kid comes up to him and says, I want to go fishing, which is a great thing because they're going to put down the video game. They're going to get outside. Absolutely. They're going to have time together with the parents. But then there's this intimidation factor of, wow, okay, you want to go fishing? Um, yeah. Seems kind Where of do dangerous. I start? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that, that is the big, and, and some, some of the people that I've taken from CEOs to um, just some brilliant people are so intimidated by fishing. And to me, it's just second nature. You tie a couple loops of the hook, you pull it through. So, yeah, it, that's absolutely a factor is that these young kids, and, and they love the YouTube in terms of, you know, um, you've got Monster Mike and Catch'em, all these guys that are just more entertainers. That, I mean, they're fantastic fishermen, but they they see the fun in it, which is great. To me, fishing is is less about catching the fish than about having a good time. Because you're not always going to, as you know, you're not always going to catch fish. They're right. not going to cooperate. 
so yeah, there's that learning curve and it, and it's funny to me because I, I guess I jump in anything blind and, and know I'm going to be an idiot and probably screw up a bunch. So I don't worry about it, but people are very intimidated about our sport. And I hate to say it like this, but it's not that complicated. No. People really overcomplicate it. So first thing I always do is, is tie a, or, or show them a, a simple way to tie a hook. And it's, there's not even a technical name for it. Uh, you know, I work with Mustad um, hooks and so we've shot a couple of videos and it's, I just loop it through. I just tie about four loops, pull it through, tie one more safety knot and pull it. I mean, the, when you're fishing for bluegills and bass or trout, you know, it's some of the smaller fish when you're first starting, you don't need to get overly technical. And so part of it is just that. And then it's learning how to cast. Um, and so that is definitely a factor. So the, the two kids that were twins that were doing the science experiment and the mom is, she's fished a little bit. So yeah, that was actually this past weekend is a prime example of she's newish to fishing. The boys love it. Yeah. And so, like she said, they lived on the water. They'd be out there all day. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a factor is getting over that hump. And, and again, it's not complicated. And that's kind of what I want to do with my videos is show in my writing that you don't, you don't have to be an expert. Uh, it's as easy as, to me, when you want to start fishing, I'd start with bluegill. Go in your backyard, throw some bread <laughs> and a small hook and a small bobber. Just get the kids used to it. Uh, during the science experiment, we were using little minnows trying to catch crappie and brim. We end up catching four or five bass. So you just you just never know. I mean, I think that's why you probably love fishing too, is you never know what you're going to get into. And yeah, you can dial it in technically. And yeah, you've got guys that are diehard and have done it all their lives. But the audience for fishing is so much bigger than the guys that are guys and girls that are already doing it. It's it can be anybody. Yeah. And I think once you get a taste of that and you catch your first fish and then you get your first excitement and then then once you start stepping it up and I know when my daughter caught her first harp and just the exhilaration on her face and the the power and the speed of something like that. So. There is a lot to be said for stepping it up and not having your first experience being the tarpon or the sailfish or the or or something, but stepping it up and and working from the bluegill all the way up to the blue marlin. Um, I think is that I mean I think that you appreciate your experience Definitely. more than just going out and all of a sudden you catch a hundred and thirty pound tarpon. Yeah, like oh you you've thrown everything out of whack the second you do that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah you hire you're in Mexico on your honeymoon and you you go out and you catch 10 marlin your first trip ever you're probably never gonna enjoy yeah. blue well, uh, that was fun blue, yeah <laughs> and, and they make it look so easy and then as you know living in the u.s and and a lot of fishing really depends on where you're at and what you have access to but i it's kind of my wife and i my daughter's in gymnastics and to, to use this analogy is we're talking about what level she's at and she's she's competitive she's doing great she's come a long way but my theory is always kind of the tiger woods theory from earl, earl woods his dad always said master your competition and your level learn to dominate what you're doing so i always believe start with the foundation don't try to catch a marlin your first fish start small take the baby steps learn to tie the hooks learn to learn to cast and then you know my favorite fishing now of all the different things i go all over the world is power fishing i think ca richardson uses that term but it's during the winter it's right now off of our coast and it's on your feet 10 to 12 hours a day and you're blind casting as far as you can throw and you're working lures all day and 95% 95% of the people that come out there with this can't hang. They've got to sit down, take a break. You know, you just get worn out. But it took me a long time to get to that level. And I appreciate it because of every step that it took to get there. Right, right. But the power fishing, that's pretty fun. Um, we have barracuda fishing in the Keys, which is kind of like that, where you just throw it as far as you can possibly throw it, reel it as fast as you possibly can. And over the course of a day with your customers, they're they're reeling in miles of line absolutely miles yeah and miles that's and, miles. and that's and, the, and as you know there's no secret to that that's what i tell people they'll still see these pictures and 
they'll go out the same day and catch, and this isn't meant to be bragging, but they'll catch, I don't know, we may catch a hundred redfish and trout and they'll catch five to 10. Well, what time did you get on the water? We're there at daybreak. What time did you start fishing? What kind of lures are you using? How much, how many breaks did you, you know, there's so many variables. We get out and we're fishing at daybreak and we fish till we go to the ramp and maybe sit in between spots and just, you, like you said, you're throwing miles and miles in casts and it's, there's no, there's no shortcuts. I mean, there are times where you can fish in certain areas and you're fishing in a little hole or a creek, you know, whatever it might be. But that power fishing in the open salt water to me is as fun as it gets because you just, you literally never know. Yeah. A couple of trips ago, we had a, now it's, it's sad, but it was a frozen, I think you remember seeing the picture, it was a, about a 40 pound snook that had frozen overnight. But yeah, yeah. In the middle of somewhere it should have never been. And if it hadn't been as cold, we may have had a shot at that when you just never anticipate that at all. So to me, that's the best thing about, that power fishing, you just never know. It could be a cobia, it could be a snook, it could be a shark. Mm-hmm. It could and be then anything. The, then the way you have a slightly different um, angle on all of this, like you're experiencing a great day like that, and then you're retelling this story. What I notice with a different pair of glasses on, like you're you're seeing something in that experience that is being told uh, slightly differently. Oh, absolutely. Like what, it, what is your, what is your angle on that? Is that just something that you're seeing and that's what's interesting to you? Or you're saying, you know what, there's something more to this that's going to open itself to a larger audience than just somebody that wants to know what lure we're fishing with. Yeah. I think that's the key is, is with anything you do, if you want to get overly technical, you can, and I'm sure you can, and I'm sure, sure. I could in terms of fishing, get into the nitty gritty and what size hooks and what pound leader but 90% of people that are watching my videos on Instagram or, or anywhere on Facebook or read my, they don't care. They're going to get it. They're going to buy a, probably an all-in-one setup. They're going to have the line there. So, yeah, I like to tell it more from how, how do we get into this or what. If you get really technical, too, you can even follow, in, as I'm sure you know, too, from, from guiding and, and being a captain is you can pattern fish. And where, why are they here at low tide? Why are they here at high tide? Why sure. does the, what does the barometric pressure do to the fish? Pre-front, there's, there's so many variables. And I love that end of it. I mean, I'd love to get technically into that end of it and journal it. But again, that's that's a niche that's so exclusive for the diehard guys. Most people don't care. Um, so I like to kind of tell it from the perspective of the entertainment value. And so half my pictures are, yeah, the, the, the fish we catch. But then it's the, I ran my thigh on the, or hit my, you know, hit, hit my shin on the, the trailer. In the video, the knot in your shin gets... 100,000 views versus the the big trout gets 5,000 views. So you just never know. So that, that's what's funny about when you start looking at social media is it's totally different than how you or I as diehard fishermen see everything. It's the people that are just coming by for the entertainment and seeing it and saying, no, you know, that can happen. I like to tell it because we make a ton of mistakes. We do a ton of stupid things. So don't be intimidated by making mistakes because you're going to make mistakes all the time. You're going to get hooks in you. Uh, one of my most popular pictures ever i bump it every six months is the is a six op mustad hook completely through my finger mm. and i was fishing with uh captain jimmy nelson and louisa down in st pete and uh a through and through and you know about 10 minutes later after numbing it with an ice cube and wiggling it back and forth and ended up popping out but the it, it happens to everybody yeah you can't be afraid to go out there and make mistakes because everybody's gonna your line's gonna get tangled especially if you're fishing with braid you're gonna get wind knots and so yeah, get over the intimidation, have fun. Yeah, you're going to screw up, but have some fun with it. So when you're when you're thinking about kind of moving down this road and journaling this stuff, you you mentioned that you were kind of envisioning Outdoor 360 in the in the beginning as being a blog. What is it? I mean, we're going back 
quite a number of years. What is it that made you believe that the future was digital rather than, you know, working for a conventional magazine or, or why, why did you have the foresight uh, of the, of the digital future? Yeah. So, so to speak? and I think it can even go back further. When I was in college in the late nineties, I wanted to, I wanted to go into medical school. I wanted to be a physical, I wanted to do all these different things. And a, a guy I really respected was a physical therapist and a, a highly successful one. He helped me all the time with my baseball injuries. Uh, I asked him when I was about to make that, that pivot in my life, where am I going to go? What direction? Um, and he said, I go into computers. This is the late nineties. I mean, the internet was just, mm-hmm. people listen to this, may say this, it seems like it was a hundred years ago, I but 20 know. years ago, we didn't, the internet was just brand new. So he said, go into computers. So I went into computers at that time. And when I started really looking, like I said, Outdoor 360 was a blog. I wanted to try to get ahead of the curve, I guess, and, and see what people were were actually digesting and where they were digesting it at. And five years ago, I didn't have an Instagram page. So all of my Instagram followers now have all happened in the last two to three years. So I'm, I'm actually, I guess you could say a little late to the game. But now that, you know, kind of started to crack the code and the algorithms and different things, but that's what moves the needle is it's the digital and the social media. And so, yeah, you can have a great product, but it was just like when I did art because I did art for a number of years and wanted to be the next guy, Harvey. You could be the best artist on the planet, but if you don't know how to market yourself, people don't see it. What good does it do you? So I really got into trying to find ways to market myself with the artwork back in the day. It used to be a little Florida sports and forums and different things, you know, back <laughs> again, the old days, then late nineties and early two thousands, it was forums forums of social media before there were social media so now as it evolved in the social media i kept saying you know where's that audience that i used to have well it all started coming to social media so once we started going and then you know you, you can't be you can't be stubborn at all in digital media if you're stubborn you're, you're going to be left behind in three months if not faster and so what really moved the needle for us was was the viral articles so instead of all these technical uh articles and then my brother's a great technical writer and he does his own youtube page and he's a fantastic he developed his own jig heads very very technical what did a hundred times better than that was some crazy gorilla chasing a boat in africa video would get a hundred times views so we started parlaying those views into more subscribers and that kind of thing so it just kind of it it was very organic in the beginning seeing what direction what people wanted to see the most and then we found that almost it was about 92.5% of our traffic on our website came from our Facebook page, which most of that was from these viral articles. So, yeah, it was, it was I found out really quick uh, within about a year that entertainment was way more valuable than the actual nuts and bolts and technical stuff. Yeah, so you're you're seeing that Facebook is is driving the the website. And I don't know where the revenue comes from. I don't even know how you make any money off of what you do, but and I'd be interested in, in learning that, but like what, what happened to, what happened to me was I was on those forums. I was booking a lot of trips off the forums. Then I get a website. Now I'm channeling those forum people over to the website and booking even more trips through that because I had one of the first websites of any Florida Keys fishing guide. And it's a strange story because unlike you, I was horribly intimidated by computers. I didn't like I, I could barely type. I had, I don't know why I was an early adopter, yeah. but for some reason, I, I actually, I do know it was because I thought I could keep a journal better in a digital format on the computer. Mm-hmm. So I bought a computer that didn't even have a modem and 
was just trying to keep a, a, a journal. Yeah. And, and that was just of my, of my fishing day. And I thought maybe if I write down incoming tide, I could search incoming tide Absolutely. and I could see all these yep. places where I had written that out. Somebody told me that you could do that. And I was like, oh, that sounds really good. Like that would be very valuable. So I get this little Apple laptop and it doesn't have a modem. And then you could buy the the thing that you plugged into it, right? So, <laughs> Absolutely. So I get this and I somehow got online. AOL. Still have my AOL address. Permitfly4 at AOL <laughs> in case anybody wants to send me an email. Uh, I'd still check that. Uh, AOL has always been the best for email. You can laugh about I know, it, I, whatever, man. Mid-90s, I remember. They, I don't think I've ever missed an email from that service. No, and they've Ever. been around 25. I know. Yeah, it's we're incredible. talking like we're dinosaurs now, but it, it really wasn't that long ago. It seems <laughs> it seems a long time ago. But anyway, so I ended up uh, building a website somehow. I, did, I was kind of like, well, okay. I remember one of my clients saying, yeah, you should have a website. Thinking, well, what is I don't even know yeah. what that is, right? Yeah. And it's like you would see www.something, something, something. And, I, and it looked like it looked like, you know, Sanskrit. Like you oh, didn't know what it was. And the original logins was that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, was, so I ended whole up new world. getting this guy from Canada to build me a website. But what ended up happening was took the forum people that I was talking to. And it was probably only about, I mean, it seemed like a lot. It was probably only about 15 or 20 people. Yeah. They're on this forum and you're talking to them and you end up booking some trips. I can still remember the first trip I ever booked off, off of uh, online. Um, I still talk to this guy today. And he who you knew nothing about at the time. That's what people don't. That, now you're all connected, about. but back then you had no idea who anybody no, was. Man. And and uh, I thought he booked me for a trip to the Marquesas, and uh, and I've even asked him to this day. I'm like, did, did what did you think? Well, yeah, about what that? were you doing on your? Had end? you ever done that yeah. before? And he's like, no, that was the first time I had ever done that before. Yeah. It was so a it's wild, like, wild meet west. me at Garrison Bike Marina, and we'll go to at, at this time. Yeah. I don't have a phone number. I don't have anything, <laughs> and it's a complete online booking. First one ever. And I'm kind of like, I don't, am I going to get killed out there? Oh, absolutely. Like, what is this? And this is Who pre-cell is phones, too. Right. That's what people exactly. don't understand. Like, none of this. There were no cell phones. Exactly. And I thought later. maybe I was going to get killed. I've asked him the same thing. And he was yeah. like, yeah, man, I didn't know. <laughs> and so, you know, it was like real tense and real quiet till about midday. And we're yeah. like, hold on. This guy is just like everybody that calls me on the telephone. In yeah. fact, he's smarter like he's on the cutting edge. And so then after that, I started booking tons of trips. The the website took over the the forum and I even created my own forum. And I had all these yep. people coming to my own it. forum. And then okay, so that grows and then with the show stuff grows and and then it's the website. The website is our focus until Facebook and until Instagram. And then the website and the forum gets full of spam. Um, do you, you, we can't even control yep. it. Shut the forum down and then start to not even pay attention to the website. Absolutely. Because everything's happening on social, but the website's still important. So what, what did that look like for you? Like when you're seeing social media take off, but maybe did you, did you neglect the website? Like I did. It's an, it's an interesting point because what ended up happening is we, it, it's Facebook drove our traffic the first two or three years and still drives our traffic. I, I, I think we're at, I don't know, 350,000 followers. I don't even keep up to it at this point on, on Facebook. And then our Instagram, two pages combines about 500,000. So, and then my personal, we're at about a million followers between me and Outdoor360. And 
between those million followers, you're hitting with almost every post every day. When you talk about monetizing your product, well, you can't monetize. So I guess you can. We we don't need to get into that. But our our monetization model was drive them to the website. And so our sponsors of the website or our, our sponsors, whatever they might be, they're getting their value from the ads on our website. So yeah, that was a primary focus very early on was to drive traffic to the website. And so that way our sponsors were seen. Then we even started leveraging it more kind of from that side was let's, let's get them into every hashtag or every, let's give them a mention in every time we post on Instagram. So that way, if whoever follows us, will then see who our sponsors are and can click right over to them. And I, I know you and I have used this term a lot, a rising tide floats all ships or right. rises all ships, whatever you, however you want to say that it's absolutely true in social media. Those algorithms kick in and once you have all these different pages. So um, yeah, our focus was early, get the people on the Facebook, get the likes up, but then how do you convert that? Our conversion was get them to the website. And to get them to the website, it was entertaining. It was viral articles. And then you're, you're, you're making any revenue based upon how many people you're getting and how many clicks those, those banner ads. I mean, back in to, the, I mean, yeah, we're, some we're stepping through yep. like time capsule absolutely but there yeah, i mean just banner ads ago. used to be like that yep. was where it was that was that was there was some real value there and um and so but you're not really selling product at this point and so what we learned is uh, because I, also running this company and doing the content also was the salesman for it so just like you you wear every hat you can yeah. when you start a business people think you can outsource to do it no you need to do everything you you cannot be afraid if you're afraid you're not going to sell anything because you don't know what any potential sponsor might want. So to me, my entire sale switched from like, just like you said, it was banner ads. We're going to get you, we were getting 20 million hits a, a month on our website. My focus switched about two years ago to saying, what can we bring you for value? What do you want? So one of our McDuffie Marine uh, here in Lake city, their primary goal was some of the boats that they supply or whatever it might be. They have a boat show coming up. So then we leveraged our social media to promote them. So you've got to be flexible. You've got to be organic. Um, but to me, once you get that audience and like I said, we're at close to a million all, all told, then you can move the needle, whatever direction you want. And you can say to your potential sponsors, what do you want to have happen? Do you want traffic to your website? Do you want banner ads? Or would you rather have social media shouts, shout outs once a week? And we say, okay, we're having a boat show and we drive our people that direction. So yeah, you have to be, I don't think you can go in anymore in terms of selling and say, here's what we do, A, B, C, which package do you want? I think you go in and say, we don't have a package. What do you want? What can we do for you? And so that's where we came in. We totally customize everything. Now. Do you find that people actually know? I mean, like no, I, I, talk to a, I, talk, I talk to a lot of sponsors and, and some people are like, well, we want to spend more in digital. And I say, okay, what does that mean to you? Because there's a lot, I mean, now, a I mean, what we're doing right now is digital. Yep. This is a podcast. This is, this could be considered digital. The social media, you've got websites, you've got YouTube, you've got all kinds of things. And so what does, what does that mean? Like, how do you, do you run oh, into absolutely. that? And it's, then you have to kind of lead and say, well, look, this is, this is what we do. Yep. And this is what somebody else has done. This is where we've had some success and, let's customize something, you know, absolutely. It's, it's totally custom and, and, and it has to be. And there's a lot of education because a lot of these, what's funny is you look at some of the biggest boat companies on the planet, their social media is horrible. I mean, I hate to say it that directly, but it's, if you, and it's not hard. Here's, here's the thing I tell everybody. 
there are some secrets to our industry on the back end on the social media and the algorithms and how you work that. But what you see is what you get. It's the old web design program, WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. You can't, I can't hide what I'm doing to drive our organic numbers because it's, it's, you can, everybody can see it. And to your credit, I know we've talked in the past about some other, other projects you have is you have to be willing to evolve and see what others are doing because there's, there's still, when uh, we're going to, this podcast, we're, we're talking now to January, 2019, July of 2019, things could completely change. Huh, yeah, the algorithm, I mean, it, 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 it is so lightning fast. And so you have to be watching what others are doing. Uh, I think that's one of my biggest strengths and, and one of your biggest strengths that a credit to as you've evolved is you can't, you can try to think, you know, everything, you don't know anything because it's right. going to change so quickly. So I'm always watching. You're always watching. We pick it. We text each other. We pick each other's brains. And I think once you get in with, uh, there's another podcaster. I think it's entrepreneur on fire, but he talks oh, about yeah. you're an average of the five people that you spend the most time with. I try to sp- surround myself with wh- whatever industry I'm in five people. So I've got a good core of five social media influencers that have massive accounts that we constantly ping back and forth. And what I think is a great idea. They may think is the stupidest thing they've ever heard and vice versa. So yeah, you've got to, you've got to stay on top of it. So when you go to these sponsors or these potential advertisers, a lot of them, like you said, there's a big time intimidation factor on their end from the digital end. A lot of them don't run their own social media. They maybe they outsource or maybe they have a guy that once in a while posts. So that, that was another kind of offshoot of what happened with Outdoor 360 and me personally was a lot of companies came to me and said, you know, what are you doing to make Outdoor 360 grow? And I, you know, I tell them all, well, I can't necessarily tell you everything, but I can give you some tips, you know, constant content, quality content. There's a, there's a couple of things, no matter what, that you have to do. And so it kind of sprung into my side business that was running social media for these companies because that was of more value to them than actually getting you know, ads on something. Because like you said, the, the main funnel now, when you look up any company is you go to their social media. Right. You don't go to the, any Bass Bar or, or a company where you buy products. It's a little bit different. But any other company that I hear for the first time, I go to their Instagram or their Facebook and see what, what they're putting out there, what people are saying about it. And so you, you have to be on your game on social media at all times and then work with other companies that are doing it and it all works together. But yeah, that's where the evolution of it personally came from is as I saw what 360 needed, I saw what these other companies needed. And then from there, my tentacles, you know, in terms of the back end on social media, now I think, I don't know if you ran all the numbers of all the different pages I kind of work with on the back end, it's in five to six million followers combined. So it's, um, and a lot of them are public and we don't talk about it and that's fine. And it's, but that's where these companies have to be aware <laughs> where you're spending your money. Like you said, digital media, what is digital media? It's, it's whatever you want it to be. Right. And you, you have to be smart about your buys and your product. And, and I think, you know, as you know, branding is everything. So yeah. stay on point with your brand. I, I find that, um, it seems like, you know, social media is so fluid and there's so many different platforms on social media. I mean, just take the three that are the most popular right now, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, each one has content that does well on that one. And if you try to put that content on the other pages, it's just not the right platform. Thousand percent. It's just not the yeah. right fit for that particular audience. Like if you try to cram a, a podcast into Twitter somehow people are on Twitter because they want three to short, five tiny snippets. little yep. bites and they want to scroll through a whole bunch of stuff. So trying to there, there's certain products that are going to sell really well. There's certain companies that are going to benefit greatly from Twitter, 
There are others that it's just going to be a dud. Totally. Definitely. And the same for Instagram and the same for Facebook and the same for Snapchat and the same for YouTube and the same for uh, TV shows and the same for online shows and the same for, for all of this stuff. It just seems like now there just seems to be so many more options and so many more strategies that each individual, each company, each brand, each product needs to kind of experiment a little bit. Absolutely. And do you yep. do you think that that's the case that you kind of find the 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 path of least resistance and then take off down it or do you I mean like say for instance there's a Pinterest or something that that may seem like the path of least resistance but it's not a real popular I mean it's popular among some people i yeah, guess but yeah, it's a certain it, demographic it's certainly not as popular as instagram uh, so but if that's the path of least resistance is that where you should be spending your time like if you if you put something up there and you're getting an overwhelmingly better response on that particular platform than on a popular platform is that where you should be spending your yeah, time that's a great point because the, the several great points because what what i've found is especially for us with Outdoor 360. So it's kind of a two-part answer. Outdoor 360, our Facebook content is completely different than our Instagram content. So our, like you said, Instagram, it's those, there's a couple keys to Instagram, but it, obviously it's, it's 15 to 60 seconds is your video range typically. Some are shorter. Um, that doesn't translate as well to Facebook. And, and Facebook we use as a tool with our, with our stories and our content to drive them to the website. So f- Facebook is more geared towards content, more reading, more directing them to the website. Instagram just, hey, get likes. I mean, you don't need to over overcomplicate it. Instagram is get likes, get followers. Don't hammer them with messages at this point. Maybe build it into your bio or whatever it might be, or click on the stories. The stories on Instagram. So, so bigger picture, what you're talking about. To me, we really focus on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Doesn't really have any value to me in terms of what outdoor. I've not seen it work well for any outdoor company. That's not just me and our brand or you and your brand. I think I think that goes across the board. Um, I follow for sports and, you know, entertainment, whatever it might be, but it's like you said, it's quick snippets. Um, and outdoors, it doesn't really work like that. So, um, the Instagram now, what, what I love about Instagram and that's my primary focus between that and Facebook is the fact that, you know, Snapchat is obviously has grown and is incredibly popular in the sub 30 crowd, I guess you could call it now. Instagram is doing everything Snapchat's doing and Instagram's not going anywhere. So I try to really focus in on, on Instagram and, and Facebook. And yeah, in the periphery, we do some Pinterest stuff as well. I mean, you, you want to touch, kind of like you said, we wanted to touch everything. So we had pages for everything. We had a YouTube page. We had, we had pages for everything. But what brought our business the most success was Instagram and Facebook. Facebook specifically to the website, Instagram just in terms of brand name. Um, because we don't really, if you ask what is Outdoor 360, some people say maybe it's a clothing company or they do funny. We don't really have an end goal. We just wanted to build a brand. What's crazy is, and as you know, you travel and you go to ICAST and you go to these different things. Everybody knows who we are. We're kind of Switzerland. We don't have any enemies. We've never really sided with any products or, or made any strong stands. We're, we're, every, we're kind of like the Ryan Seacrest of the outdoors. <laughs> everybody likes us because we, we're nice to everybody and we've got a big presence. But everybody knows who we are, but nobody knows what we do. But that, that, to me, that's a good thing because we can pivot at any point. But we built a brand just strictly on people seeing us on social media. They know the name. They don't know necessarily what we do. And we don't really have never really pushed gear. We've never really sold out and, and decided we're going to go in a certain direction. So, yeah, you can build a brand from nothing 
and make it a huge brand just strictly on social media now. I think that that there's one thing that you can build a brand. It's another thing to have that actually produce any sort of revenue that would allow you to pivot your life in this direction. There's tons of people that run good social media accounts, but they have other jobs Mm -hmm. or they do whatever, and they just are not, I mean, I can't figure out like, how, how does it, how is, where's the value here? Because it just seems like if you, if you rewound back to 10 years ago, the value was extremely simple in, in almost everything that we do. It just seems like the social media world and the digital world has complicated things to, to a great degree that yes, you can build these big pages and yes, you can have a lot of people looking at your stuff and following you. But does that actually turn into any take-home value? Yeah, does it translate? Right. For and and if it does turn into take-home value, to who? Like yeah. like is it to you or the owner of the company or is it to a sponsor that wants to be part of this or is it to somebody that wants to sell a product or like I just think that a lot of people look at it and I, I wondered. I mean even at the beginning of 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 the internet and what was going on, you would have these websites that would offer a very convenient tool for free. Mm-hmm. They just wanted you to come and get your credit checked, or yep. they wanted you to, you know, be able to search something. Google, like, okay, so this thing is free, and I can search anything in the world. How are they making money? And just for a long time, it was unclear yeah. to most was- everyone. Well, even Amazon, Google yeah. has made plenty. Yeah. <laughs> and they took a lot. And look, you look at Amazon, I think they were in the negative for 10, 15 years. I mean, whatever the numbers are in there, it, it does. You, you have to have a long-term plan. I, yeah, everything. It's a great point because when you see social media, it's bang, bang, bang. It's instant feedback. It, mm-hmm. But there's no short-term plays in it. It's When you build organically on social media, it takes a while. And I always say with my with the Instagram, it takes three months for what I do and how I do it to actually kick into the algorithms and to start to see results. Because especially some of these, you know, I bought and sold pages on Instagram and changed names. You're, you're switching up what people are used to. And all of a sudden you're going to naturally lose people and you're going to, they're going to be afraid with the new name. So you have to build your brand strategically. Yeah. If, if you're looking at it from the perspective of you've got XYZ business, where do you spend your money? Like you said, 10 years ago, it was easy. It was print radio TV. Mm-hmm. Easy. Everything was tangible. You had your eyeball, now with TV, and that's why if I can give a shout out to Waypoint TV, yeah, it, the traditional TV. My daughters don't watch TV. What's funny is last night they they're on Netflix and they're on YouTube and they're on. I guess it's Musically now. I don't even know what the thing, is, but they never get on traditional TV. So last night we we're watching Wheel of Fortune. Just by coincidence, there's a fire, so we put the fire in, and they see a commercial from America's Got Talent. Like we didn't know it was on. They love that show, but they don't even watch TV to know it's on. So. The sub-20 generation now, traditional TV is going to be gone. The only reason I watch traditional TV is for sports, um, which is why I love Waypoint TV and the concept behind that. Because once I got into there and saw all the shows I was DVRing or waiting to watch, now I can watch them at any time on demand. To me, that's where the future is, uh, and that's where everything's going. So how do you bring your digital media into that social media? Lots of brand awareness. What's the name? What do you do? Um, and And... Like you said, it was it was so easy five ten years ago. You had your marketing budget, and and I worked for a college uh, in the state of Florida, and we had a marketing budget, and it was set every year. And a traditional newspaper was probably 
a third to a quarter of that budget. Radio was a third to a quarter of that budget and magazines, you know, traditional print. And so now it's completely altered. And the trickiest part, as you mentioned, is how do you know what your results are? You don't know in social media. It's almost like your play has to be on faith that your brand is associated with this brand and they're going to bring you the eyeballs. There's a lot of trust and a lot of faith, but there's not a lot of tangible results. That is really interesting for you to say that because it seemed like, you know, you put an ad in the yellow pages. That is where you really don't know how it's working, except for when people call, oh, how'd you find our number? Oh, looked in the yellow pages. Okay, then you get some feedback. But how many other people are coming in because they saw you in the yellow pages? And then beyond that, it's like, you do a uh, radio ad. How do you know? <laughs> How would you possibly know? You don't even have Nielsen ratings on that. The radio station says, oh, we're in 500,000 cars on the Except way to work listeners. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then on TV, you've got Nielsen ratings that are strange. I mean, there's all kinds of... It's all kinds of variables. Variables <laughs> like P plus two. Like if you're if you're watching... You know, if there's a if there's a TV on, somebody's probably watching it. But is that two people watching it or four yeah, what's your people average or is household? It a sports yep. bar? Are people really, really um into it? But you would really have no idea. Talk about going on faith. Yeah. And then now we have social media, which there are analytics on basically everything, insights on on every single post, but you're saying you have no idea if it's working. Yeah, that's what there. There is one you mentioned it with banner ads, but the click through rates. Mm-hmm. So you can see that. And and here's now here's the credit. I'm going to f- kind of flip it back. The credit to social media now, especially with Instagram and Facebook, is their analytics. So especially with the stories, like you can track the stories, how many people actually click through. To me, you brought up a point that I would say ninety five percent of marketers ten years ago said they knew where their money was going in mm-hmm. TV, newspapers, radio. And when I started controlling that budget for college and then with my own, with, with Rob Chapman art, when I did my own art and then with Outdoor 360, yeah, I took ads in Florida Sports Magazine. Well, they'd have, I don't know, I'm going to say a number, 250,000 subscribers. How many actually saw my fish poker ad in there? I don't know. I sold a bunch of prints, but do I know how many there were? No. So you went, there was a lot of faith in that too, was, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's 9.9 million people watching this NFC championship game. How many of them actually watched it live? Or like you said, there's 10 people in the room or there are five TVs on and there's one person in the house and they're going between them. Um, newspapers always just sold on the fact that they had this amount of subscription. But how many people actually go through the whole newspaper? How many actually open it? Same with magazines. And they talk about their shelf life. So I've been on both sides of it. I've tried to sell ads and I've tried to buy ads. And it's just funny how everybody says it was so easy and, and it was, you, you could wrap your mind around it five, 10 years ago. But this comes back to when we talk about training and, and educating sponsors now is you can say to them, hey, log in, check out these analytics. It's unbelievable what you can see on the back end of Facebook. Um, and that's why they've gotten in a lot of trouble because you can see everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Pandora's box once you get in the back end of it. So, yeah, once you're partner with a company and, and you run an ad, do you know what everything does? No, but you can really see the impressions and the eyeballs and the click throughs. And I think, as you know, with Instagram and Facebook, you can see the clicks to the bio um, clicks on the links. And so they've done a really good job of being able to show businesses, here's our value to you because now all of a sudden you can track it. Mm. Um, so yeah, digital media, it, it's it, a lot of it is branding, but a lot of it now is if, what do you want your results to be? Right. Do you know if they're clicking on your bio, are they going all the way through? Are they downloading Waypoint TV? You hope so. 
do they do you know all of mart that are all of mar no but you bring it you're you're constantly hitting that name it's just like outdoors 360 you see that name outdoors 360 outdoors 360. what is it i don't know but i've heard of it now i'm familiar with it okay now what are they selling so there's different steps and different levels well, to it when i first started guiding uh, my friend simon becker he told me he had a theory and I don't know if he got this from someone else or if he created it on his own, but he said, people have to see your name seven times before they're going to call you. And so, and his advice to me was that can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Like you can just be a guide and, you know, somebody says, who's that over there? Oh, well, that's, that's Tom Rowland or that's Simon Becker. And so there's one. There's one. Yep. And then maybe you fish in a tournament. And they see your name on the board, or maybe you win the tournament. If you win the tournament, maybe you get an article, a, a, more a magazine article, yep. or a or a newspaper article. Okay, so now, okay, I saw that guy at the dock, and then he won this tournament. Okay, well that's two, and then it needs to happen five more times for that person to put it together that they that's should call point. you. Yeah, right. Yep. So now I think that kind of like when we were kids and there were three channels on television and it was three, six, nine and you with, you could turn it to 54 or 61. <laughs> so you actually had six channels. Um, kind of, you had six opportunities for some sort of entertainment and the radio and newspapers and magazines. Yeah. That was it. You knew you had your captive you could go to the there. library. Yep. You could actually go and check out a physical book at the library, but even audio books weren't, a thing that much there fast forward to today you have 3000 channels you have um some magazines left you have television conventional television cable television you have ott platforms you have um youtube vimeo that kind of stuff you have a whole bunch of social media platforms you have apps on the phone you have the public library you have on and on and yep. on down the line unlimited. it is it is completely unlimited so when you look at the way that you used to spend the budget or the the options that were available to you before it was print tv and radio yep. okay so three you had three choices maybe billboard right maybe park bench yeah, we still spend yeah yeah you know so so you <laughs> and have, those were the un, the, the non-traditional yeah and <laughs> so you have those and and that's counting on one hand yeah Fast forward to today, you have thousands. Of, yeah, it's, it's not it's, even thousands; yeah. it's billions yeah. of opportunities. So when someone says we want to spend more in digital, like that is a real question. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Now we're starting here. Where yeah. do we go from there? Exactly. So um, I don't know. It, it's it's very it's a very strange time. It's a very exciting time. It's it's a time that um, has completely limitless possibilities. But I think with limitless possibilities comes a lot of confusion, comes a lot of uh, people that that dive down a road that ends up drying up, oh, absolutely. which you yeah. and I could be on that road right now. You we never don't even know. know it, right? <laughs> Just like MySpace looked really good, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Just like Blockbuster Video looked really good, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Just like Vine was absolutely completely People, millions amazing. of followers overnight gone. it was so amazing i loved vine yep and boom it's Poof. gone somehow so where do you see the future of it doesn't even have to be where people spend their their money it's more like you know who could have forecasted 
the popularity of Instagram. Who could have forecasted the popularity well, of Twitter? If you remember, Instagram was mocked because it was a photo editing app. Mm-hmm. Facebook spent a billion dollars on it, and they said, you, it's crazy. All that is is a photo editing app. And now look at it. Yeah, it, who could? And that's the thing. Everything you're saying right now, and it's the, the phrase I use, I'm sure others use, it's the wild, wild west. You don't, anything goes anywhere at all times. So yeah, it's got, and, and think about our kids, the, the stuff that they have flying at them from left and right. I mean, it was, like you said, it was simple for us. We watched a couple channels. Once you got an ESPN and your, your Fisher shows were obviously on ESPN. I mean, I, I didn't miss Walker's K Chronicles mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I didn't, the, all these different shows. I did not, I, I sat glued to that TV Saturday morning. Now they can watch it anytime they want. So it, it's totally flipped. But it, if you were to ask me to look into the future, I'm putting all my money into the big boys. It's Facebook, it's Google, it's Amazon. I mean, they are controlling everything. I think 95% of ad money now on in digital media is between Facebook and Google, um, which is just insane. That means there's 5% out there for everybody else. So to me, it's be smart within. So Google's obviously YouTube. Facebook's got Facebook, Instagram. Um, Twitter kind of is, again, an outlier for our industry in terms of that. Um, and again, Instagram's smoking snapchat in terms of just copying and doing exactly what they're doing so um to me it, it is to focus on those big boys so it's to to focus on your google ads and your google you know the words are different different features of google but then it's the facebook and instagram i don't see them going anywhere so to me it, it's getting hyper focused on those and learning the insides and outs of those specific companies that control digital media uh, and if and if you can be an outlier and do different things within your ad revenue and you know maybe, like i said we have a, a a website that has sponsors that that get the eyeballs but to me yeah it's you got to learn those and you got to master those but then it's the offshoots like waypoint tv i mean i think that's where the future really is is that my daughters are going to watch what they want to watch when they want to watch it that's it it's it, you don't need to overthink it it's the, the and it's not even i, I don't even want to say it's the sub 20 generation now it's 70 year olds sitting on their mobile i mean my parents in their mid 60s They'll make fun of us sitting around the couch. You know, y'all, you're on your smartphone. Well, they're on their smartphone too. They're on their iPad. Yeah. It's, it, is, it is life now in terms of whatever the modern world is that what you see, what you want to see, you can get at any point in time. And so you're not behold, you know, you're not stuck on whatever your TV has planned at that time. So it's, on, it's an on-demand world. And so it's the niche, niche sports. And I don't want to call fishing a niche sport, but if you love fishing, Waypoint TV has everything you could possibly ever want. Or you go to maybe this YouTube channel or whatever it is, you can find it at any time. So to me, it's focus on what you do and do it well. But then you better know the big boys and you better know Facebook and Instagram and you better know Google and you better know what they're doing. And the key to all that is you're in their sandbox. And I tell you, they can pull the plug on you at any time, like you said. It's So you better diversify. And to your credit and, and following you for, I guess it's been 20, 25 years, I think the first ESPN... <laughs> competition with the yeah. the different i don't what year was that was Great late outdoor 90s? Games. that was uh that was uh 2000 2000 so almost 20 years you have constantly and to me you know when we first started talking as as a as a fan and now a friend of yours seeing how you've diversified and and thought ahead i mean even doing these podcasts you are ahead of the game in terms of 95 percent of charter captains because 95 percent of charter captains get their trips on their phone try to organize it through their phone and go from there and they don't have time. But now the, the guys that are really moving the needle, you see their social media presences are, are massive. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, I don't, I'm not a, I don't know if I would be considered a charter captain. I barely got it at all, which gives me time to do things like this for your general standard 
charter captain. I just did a I just did a uh, a podcast with Russell Kleppinger. Uh, he caught 814 tarpon last night, or, or last night. Saw the picture wow. on Instagram. That <laughs> would be a great night, wouldn't it? Um, last year, which is a phenomenal year, and probably I have no idea, but it could be some sort of a record. I mean, that's a that's an amazing number of fish. Comes three tarpon In a day. In order to get that many fish, you have to fish all yep. the time. So Russell Kleppinger doesn't have time to do a hundred podcasts a year. Yep. He probably doesn't have time to manage two social media accounts. He so so someone like that has to pick and choose where they're going to spend their time because their time is an infinite um resource. I mean not an infinite, it's a finite resource. Yes. So he needs to spend his time guiding and then somehow he needs to translate that into talking to the general population. Yep. He's choosing Instagram as a good place for that. Absolutely. And I think that it is a good place for that for him. But like staying ahead of the curve, I think that I think that this world, um, you know, I'm fortunate that doing things like this helps the television business. It helps anything that we're doing, right? So this is this is an accessory kind of a, a an enhancement to what we're doing where mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people, if you're a charter guide and you think that you need a podcast and, and uh, an Instagram page and a Facebook page and a blog and a, you know, a website and, and uh, you got to be on Twitter and you really need to be How much time you're actually guiding Facebook you're doing all that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then, you know, you need to be on the radio shows and you need to do this eventually with 10 things going on, you're not spending enough time on the water yeah. and being spending the time on the water is truly the most important thing. Um, because if you actually do get the person to come fish with you, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. Right. And so yeah, if you're not producing fish, you don't have a job. I've talked about it a bunch of times on this podcast where the, you were talking about television flipped. Like you used to be glued to Walker's K at 1030 in the morning on a Saturday. And I was obviously glued there too, because I know what time it came on. Yeah. Now you can watch it anytime you want. And not only can you watch it anytime you want, you can watch anything anytime you want. So the model has completely flipped just like the mo- a lot of other models have flipped. Uh, another one that I talk about is how, you know, people that lived in the country, they all worked on farms. They were super strong. They, you know, would get home from work and foot or get home from school and football practice. And then they would go to work, working, you know, throwing hay or something like that. When we would play football against those guys, they were bigger and stronger than us. And they had, you know, country boy strength. Absolutely. And it's because they ate the food that came off the farms. They worked on the farms. They went to school, going to school and playing football was a break from work, right? <laughs> yeah, now, absolutely. as you see, when when strip malls invade those areas, the farms start drying up. Those people are now leading a completely different lifestyle. I'm sure there's still some people in those areas that are living on farms and working until dark. But for a lot of them, instead of working on the farm, they're working at the grocery store or at Walmart or somewhere else. And they, if there is even a grocery store and it could be an urban food desert and they're living, they're eating fast food a lot of times. Yep. And now when, when the city schools play the country schools, they murder them yep. because the city schools are the ones eating organic food and, and 
yeah. you know, the biggest having strength all this stuff. is no longer their strength. That's exactly right. Where it used to be the country people were so strong and they were so, I mean, it was un, unnatural, <laughs> right? But it was actually completely all natural. It was away, yep. exactly natural. And we were just weak and, and eating processed foods and all that stuff. That model has flip-flopped too. So now you see that the model of, of being a fishing guide is that you have to have a glitzy website. You have to be able to look like you're out there all the time as opposed to the person who is all out there all the time. Nobody even knows his name. Well, that's, and I say there's, I'm going to say two things. I say perception is reality. So in social media, your perception is the reality, whether it's true or not. Fake it till you make it. I mean, I, Outdoor 360 was nothing. And I literally, when I started that, reached out to every single person I ever posted individually, said, hey, can I post your picture? We're a new company. I'm just trying to get it out there. Now we get 100 messages a day saying, please post my picture. Hmm. So it's crazy from where five, six years ago, um, where that came from. So, and perception is reality. But to me, what it's a good point that you make about the charter industry. I guess there's almost two two different charter captains in my there's there's the established guys that are know they're going to have 200 to 250 300 trips a year because of the quality of fishing. So the main thing, anything you do, the main thing has to be the main thing. If you're a charter captain, it has to be fishing. If you can't find the fish and consistently catch them, you're not going to have a job. So keep the main thing the main thing. But then. On the other side, these these established guys that know they're going to have their core content, then there's the other guys, the startups, and the guys that maybe don't have as much business. To me, they need to they need to turn on that funnel and use that social media. And uh, one of the first guys that I followed, and now I'm good friends with and fish with a lot, is Jason Stock. Jason was using social media way before any guys were, uh, and he he I don't know his numbers, I don't want to speak for him, but I know he gets probably well over 200 trips a year. Nick Stanzik, I don't know if I'm saying his right name right out of the keys, another guy, and now he's turning on YouTube. So a lot of these guys you almost have to train. It's the same with businesses. It's the same with these guys running their businesses. You have to all of a sudden switch your mindset and say, okay, I'm fishing. I'm doing really well. We're on a hot bite. I want to keep it going. But at the same time, this would make for some great social media or some great TV. Take out your phone. Like we were talking about our new iPhones. Mm -hmm. They're unbelievable. The last trip I took to the Bahamas was Sam Root and Mustad. He has probably a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. He has me backpacking around. I pull out my new iPhone the videos I was shooting on that at 60 frames per second, 1080p, were just as good as almost any of the cameras he had. So you have to, any of my clients that I have in digital and social media, I tell them you, the biggest issue you have in being successful in social media is turning your brain on to think like somebody from social media. Mm-hmm. So you asked very early on in this podcast, why do I think the way I do? I, I kind of think like I'm a, I almost turned my head into just a social media machine in terms of what would people want to see or what what's happening right now that's cool and the best guys that they're the most entertaining like catch them all fishing this is random stuff you and i do a hundred million times but he's found a way to make it fun and thinks about it in a totally different perspective so anybody that's listening to this from the outdoor world or the corporate world whatever world you have to flip your brain when you see things going on you have to process it and say okay what okay that, that happens all the time but you know most people don't see it let me video that like i posted a picture of a sand flea last night on instagram it's got over a thousand likes and three hundred comments. A sand flea. Hmm. How many sand fleas have caught in my life? Millions. That's what we did at the beach. But people from all over the world are following it. Um, so yeah, you have to, as a charter captain or whatever you do in your industry, and so some of our most popular videos in Outdoor 360 are the guys that cut treetops hmm. that climb these trees and they're wearing GoPros now. It's unbelievable to see you see it happen all the time from the ground, but all of a sudden you get that perspective. So yeah, you gotta flip your mind to think, okay, what am I doing today? 
even you coming up here on the podcast, I mean, maybe take a picture of your truck driving up, pulling in, saying, hey, I don't know, I'm pulling into Lake City. I don't know. I've never been here. Mm-hmm. So I'm meeting with Rob Chapman. This, I've never, little things like that, when you just kind of throw out little bones, like when I did the uh, Prince Edward Island trip this year, I documented the whole thing in my stories. And every story had five to 10,000 views, messages left and right. Can't wait to see if you catch one. So first three or four days of that trip, nothing. Day one, late in the day, we have a six, 700 pounder on, breaks off. They're sharing in my heartbreak. And so all of a sudden you have people pulling with you. And so I think the the most, the key to me, the most successful people on social media or, or you're in, in your world in the entertaining world and social media is the familiarity, like you said, the seven times, but, but being able to come across as an everyday guy to say, okay, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I know I'm not any better than you, but I've got a big audience and I'm going to show you what I do and I'm going to make mistakes and you're going to learn with me. And so I think that people, when they feel that, feel that familiarity with you all of a sudden buy into what you're doing and say, okay, I want to be a part of what this guy's doing. Let me help him. Let me do different things like that. So not everybody has that personality to your credit. You do. And that's an innate thing that you can't teach, Mm -hmm. but that's a, that's a thing that's flipped too, because before, like when we first got on TV, you know, the only reason that you could get on TV was because you had already been established as some sort of elite professional. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it seems like you, the, some of the people that are the most popular are the ones like, um, say, a fluke master, Gene yeah. Jensen, yeah. who is purposely saying, look, I'm terrible at this and I'm going to yeah. do, show you how yeah. I You're do gonna it. You're going to learn with me. Yeah. And, I'm gonna, and, and, you know, since he's been doing the YouTube, he, he, I mean, he's a very good fisherman. Yeah. But he's not winning BASS tournaments. No. And he's an everyday guy that right. put a lot of time into it. Yeah. And, his and earned, he's also not fishing out of a, you know, a, a, a $200,000 exactly. boat. He's fishing out of an aluminum yep. boat and he's more of the everyday. And I think that he captures the imagination. Um, the other thing that we were talking about, we talked about um, seven times. And then I don't think I ever got back to now. How many times does it take? 500? Yeah. It's 5,000 yeah. times. Because our mean, kids' brains now, what they see every day, I mean, like you said, you think, but we had we had three channels, maybe five or six. I didn't have cable TV till I was, till, I, till we moved to like our third, I think I was 13 or 14. I think I was in high school before I really started watching. I had to go to my friends' houses to watch ESPN. Yeah. So, yeah, they get bombarded from every angle. So how many times do I have to see it? It's probably thousands now yeah, before so, there's I mean, some If you wanted to just put some numbers on it, if you wanted to get 300 customers, you have to get 300 people. In, in the past, 300 people to see your name seven times. Yep. Or 150 people to book two days or 100 people to book three yeah, days. You run the or numbers. Or 50 people yep. to book, you know, whatever. And and those 50 people have to see your name seven times and be so enamored with what you're doing and what they, and, and, and curious that they're going to come and book four or five days with mm-hmm. you. Okay. Now, if you want that, you have to get those same 50 people to see your name 5,000 times. I don't know what the number is today, yeah. but maybe it is 5,000 It's 5, probably not even quantifiable times. at this point. So 50 times 5,000 is a big number. Yeah. And, and it just seems like the repetitive, the repetitive message of high quality is, is what, what makes it. But then the other thing that we, that we were kind of talking about was, was, you know, how does someone have enough time to manage all of this stuff and you're saying that the younger person that's getting into the business doesn't have any choice but to do this because this is 
how you get your business these days, whether you're a fishing guide or a plumber yeah. or whatever. You're a startup. You are a startup. You have to be in this. I mean, this is this world that we're living in of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, YouTube, and on and on and on down the line is the television, um, radio, and print. Yep. That is, it's, that is today's that is world. The future. Yep. But there's just so many more options. Then there's a person that falls kind of in a wasteland of no man's land. Uh, if you take a fishing guides um, example and a metaphor, maybe you have these guys that are 50. They've been guiding for a long time. Most of their people were 30 years older than them when they first started off. Yes. Yep. And, and they fished with them for 25 yep. years. And now those people are 80 years old. They might be coming. But they you also they might not be coming. But yeah. what else they're not doing is when they were 50 fishing with this 20-year-old kid, they were going to a lot of cocktail parties and they were telling all their friends about what they were yep. doing, the country club or whatever. And you would see what would happen. You would go and you would have these hotbeds of, wow, Birmingham is a huge city for me. Why? Because you've got one main influencer in Birmingham that goes home Strong. and tells all exactly. his friends what's going on. Yep. And so Great you have point. 25 clients coming from Birmingham or Washington, you know, state, yep. you know, coming to the Making Keys. The trip. And it's like, how, why is this happening? It's because you have an important influencer you, there. And, and then you get more people there. And now you have five people there that all love what you do. And all of their friends and relatives come to see you. Yep. So you can develop these things accidentally. Today, those people, all of those customers are are dying off and not going to the cocktail parties and not the influencer that they yeah. once were. No. And so now these people haven't had websites. They haven't been on the ed on the edge of 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 developing social media accounts, all this stuff. They don't even know how to turn on a computer. Yep. You know why? Because they didn't need to until today. Yep. What does that that's, person do? That's a great point because that is, and as you know, and I and I, several of my friends that I went to school with are charter captains, full time charter captains. So there, I'm I'm 40 now, um, but the guys that we took fishing, just like you said, that are now 55, 60, and some of them been established. Todd Romine's another, but he's got a built in clientele that loves him. But yeah, those they'll start dying off. They're starting to die off. So where do they go? <sighs> That's that's the million dollar question for the and and as you know there's no, that's part of the variable the other part of the variable is the captains for clean water their initiative is Titus fly fish there six months ago it's not the same fishery it was two three ten years ago it's not even close so now you're making it even that much harder for guys in our industry which is it it's sad and depressing at the same time it's the reality they're going to have to face so I, I guess you could say I'm glad I'm not on that side of it but but part part of what I've done with Outdoor 360 is the guys that I fished with Captain John Lulay out of Titusville. We, I funnel every, the good guides that I fish with that I really enjoy. Now, as you know, there's, there's some guides that you wouldn't recommend to anybody once you fished with them once or twice, but the guys that I really like in the industry, we try to give them a platform and say, Hey, use this guy, send them their direct. Cause there's no charter there. If a guy is a full-time charter captain, he's not going to be rich. He is going to grind it all day. Every day he's going to put every money into that boat. The hours they put it's, it's insane. People have no idea what goes into being a full-time charter captain. So we try to give them a voice and get their platform out there. But Joe Schmo on the street that that that's like you said, kind of in the void fifties is maybe not technically savvy. What's he gonna do? I don't know. And that's that's an interesting point too. If I could segue into briefly Outdoor Three Sixty, one of the potential avenues we're looking at is with Yetna, named after the Yetna River, but it's a it's a charter captain booking platform okay. software. And so 
trying to give them a voice and find trips for them. And it's one of the options that we're looking at with our pivot with Outdoor 360 is where do you go to find these guides? Well, let's, let's help them. So there, there are going to be options out there. And so we're exploring that. And again, this is very early on in the podcast. So this, you know, we'll see how that plays out, but there's got to be some avenues out there for those, for those guys, but they're going to have to, it's some, some way find out how to turn on digital media, whether it's through a website or through a search engine or whatever it might be, because it's, yeah, there's definitely a void there. Mm. Yeah. But then you see, you know, bright spots, like, like you see a guy like Roland Martin, who um, in his mid seventies just started a YouTube channel and he's doing cool stuff. Like he's making duck calls and Turkey calls and stuff like that on there. Uh, It's well done. Roland's a very interesting person there. We did a podcast with him and uh, he's a great storyteller. He has a lot of stories to tell because he has led an incredible life. Um, But to see somebody like that, Embrace, embrace it and yeah, reinvent it. Absolutely. And and I think he'll do very well with it. Yeah. I, I really do. I think maybe he may even find that he's doing better with that than than he ever imagined that he's that he's doing with it. Um but I think that I think that whether you're a sponsor or a fishing guide or a plumber or an architect or whatever you are, this world of digital opportunities is also a world of digital challenges and a world of confusion, but it's also a place where you can become anything that you want. That's a great point to me. Yeah. There, we've talked to, we've covered a lot of different bases and talked about the fear and the unknown, but to me it's exciting because you can make yourself whatever you want to be right now. So that guy who's 50, he's never done social media. Maybe he's, maybe he's charming in a way. He never thought he was charming and, or maybe he's grumpy. I mean, there, you have to do again keep the main thing the main thing if the main thing is your personality or if it's your fishing focus on that and drive that home and you can you can reinvent yourself and and some of these guys as you know too in front of the camera and behind the camera two, two totally different people mm-hmm. um Blair Wiggins is an example to me Blair is so laid back talking to him in person and then on camera he's he's incredible he just turns it on man. yeah he's 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 like a professional wrestler and so and he's got a huge following because of it, but he's so thoughtful and insightful when you talk to him behind the So a, a lot, you don't know what you're going to be till you try it. I guess that's the main thing to me is you got to step out and try it. And you can't just ignore it and bury your head in the sand and say it's not going to, it's going to happen. It's, it, it's not going to happen. It's happening. So, but the other thing is, is that it's not going to happen overnight. Like you're not going to turn into the Mogan man overnight. You're not going to be black tip H as you see him today overnight. It is. Years. Probably years and years yeah. of incredibly disappointing views. Absolutely, only two hundred people watch that. I mean, yeah. like, and probably of those two hundred, one hundred eighty are robots. And <laughs> my mom and her That's friends right. watched Uncle's it, so that cousins. means that there's like six people that watch this yeah. thing. Um, but it it takes it takes a lot of time and patience and and consistency, I think, to to develop that. But like when I leave here, I'm going to to um, do another podcast with someone who became a professional backpacker. Just crow five years ago. That doesn't exist. So yeah, doesn't exist. Exactly. You can make your passion. That's what's so fun and cool. And, and it's just that we live in this limitless world that if you have a passion and you're willing to put in the work and that's really the, That's that's really the key is that there is a passion around anything. Like you can take the most unpleasant 
job there is. Yep. And if you're passionate about that and you're diligent about recording it and come, somehow coming up, you know, being willing to play around with that format for a number of years and probably starve in the process if that's what you're really trying to do or, or if you're not starving, then you're working another job and you're trying to do this at night and you're losing sleep, there's mm-hmm. a sacrifice somewhere. Absolutely. And then if you're willing to be diligent and disciplined about doing that week after week after week, something will happen where you'll one week you'll change that format slightly and you'll be like, Oh, look, Click something people clicked. loved that. Something wow. Turned. Do more yeah. of that. And, uh, and that is um, obviously the secret to success. I think not only on the internet and, 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 on digital media, but the secret to success, basically it's been the secret to success for a long time. It hasn't changed. Exactly. As much as things have changed, that that has not changed. And if you look at the Alabama and Clemson college football or the Patriots, it's trust the process. There is no, there's no shortcut to get to where you want to go in digital social media or, or anything. Now that day you have to grind. That's what I always, it's, it's, it's a grind. It, it's a never ending grind. Like you said, sacrifice. I mean, I, I did not sleep at all the first couple of years outdoors Three Sixty was around. I still have not made a, just a straight up check from outdoors Three Sixty, and we're five or six years in. Like you said, I work another full-time job. This is what I do on the side. It's, it's a 40 hour a week job minimum on the side. It's typically more closer to 80 in addition to my regular 40 hour job. So yeah, you see these, these glorious lives, these people you think go fishing all the time. I don't fish that much but I make it look like I do and that the perception is, but I, I film a ton of content, but you, you have to absolutely grind and it never stops. And there is no magic wand and there's no money at the end of the rainbow within a, a week or two weeks or three weeks. And, and even here's the thing too, there's a lot of fool's gold in social media. You get one view that gets a hundred thousand or 500,000 views. I put a remora on my back and it had 750,000 views. Do you know what I made off of that? Zero dollars. It doesn't matter, but it got me a couple more followers those followers and you could parlay into more followers. And then, like I said, ironically, Outdoor 360 took off, but then the ability I had in the back end to run social media accounts took off because of what I was doing with my own social media. So a lot of it is you just find your passion. My passion is fishing, but my passion now is to kind of turn into social media as well, where I study it. I love it. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me. Like you said, you hit the nail on the head. Anything you do that is your passion can be turned into a career now. She backpacks. It's a great, now she makes a living as a professional backpack. There are so many niche things like that, that, and again, I think you have to be the number one key to the being successful is being honest, know what you are, know who you are, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, but put it all out there. Don't be afraid to show people. That's what, that's what she has done. And, and she has really, uh, captured her audience because before this girl that, that is the next on the podcast, uh, Jessica Mills, she did the Appalachian trail the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide Trail, what's called the Triple Crown of backpacking. And that's roughly around 8,000 miles of backpacking. Um, she just decided she was going to do it and and started in. What people might think is, well, she's been doing this all her life. Not the case at all. She decided that she she was interested in doing it when she was five and didn't come back to that that seed that was planted mm-hmm. there, didn't... didn't fully germinate and break the surface until she's about 30 and she had never spent the night by putting the stuff on her back and walking and pitching a tent. And the first (laughs) night she did that (laughs) is the first night she was on the Appalachian trail. And then she goes for six months and finishes the thing, comes back. And I don't know the rest of the story. Yeah, It's going to be very interesting to see what 
how she figured out, okay, how can I take this experience? And what I think we're going to hear is the common theme that your weakness is your strength. The fact that she had never spent the night out there and everybody's Anybody telling her, look, yes. man, you're never going to exactly make it. it. You've never even spent the night in a tent and you're going to walk 2,000 miles, 2,500 miles. <laughs> you no You've got no chance. Well, she didn't listen to those people. And she went out there and she started working these details out. So when she comes back, she's looking at this, this experience with a completely different pair of, of glasses on. Just like when you go out on the water and you put the polarized glasses on and you can see in the water and other people can't. And you're like, well, there's fish everywhere. Do you not see them? <laughs> no, I don't see them. Well, you it's don't have the right glasses on. So yeah. she comes back and she's like, okay, there are other people out there that want to do something. They may not want to hike the whole trail, but they may want to take a weekend backpacking trip and they don't have any experience. And I know exactly what that is. Plus I'm a woman that is a different perspective altogether than, than a man, not a, I mean, just a, just a different perspective, a different voice, not better or worse, just different. And so now she can come into that using what was her greatest weakness and it turns into her greatest strength. And so many of these success stories, are like that. Like the fact that Black Tip H, his biggest weakness is that he doesn't own a boat, turns out to be his biggest strength. It's <laughs> yes, the craziest thing, yep. man. It's the craziest thing. But there's so many people that that want to do something, and they think, well, I, how I, how am I going to do that? I don't have a boat. Well, find a he way. He figured out how yeah. to do it. Somebody else, she figured out a way to do this without ever having spent the night on a on a trail before. Yeah. And- to that point, my so I have a personal world record, IGFA world record, and it was caught from land. It was caught in the Santa Fe River. It was a, a Florida gar. I have a pending world record, I guess you could say, as kind of a guide with a, a friend fishing here off this lake behind us of a largemouth bass that not from a boat, from mm-hmm. land. So, yeah, don't uh, turn your negatives into a positive. I mean, to me, that's that's the whole key to all of this is I don't have a $100,000 boat or a quarter million dollars. I don't, I don't have any of that, but I've made contacts in the industry. I get to fish with Elliot Tudal, who you've had in your podcast, who catches these unbelievable sharks. He doesn't have a boat. He's fishing, well, from, another thing. He's fishing from land or shore everywhere he goes. So He's a little different in that he kind of, his social media and this, this, this world kind of offered up a, an opportunity to him on a silver platter. He catches this shark totally and it goes accident. completely nuts. <laughs> and, and then he's like, well, maybe I should do more of that. Obviously. And he capitalized on that opportunity. Right. And, exactly. Yeah, but it wasn't like, I want to be a professional beach shark fisherman. For his story, it wasn't like that. But there's so many people out there that say, I want to be a professional duck hunter. I want to be a professional backpacker. Well, man, our like, grandparents would have just thought, you're crazy. You're going to be a professional backpacker? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to be carrying? Gold? Like, you're going to yeah. need something. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to be carrying something of value from one place to another. And there's no other way to get it there. And so somebody's going to pay you for that. Exactly. Like it, it was like a one-to-one thing. Like you've got to provide a service that, that gets you money. Yep. And like I said, and today, this is the word. It's the same thing yep. though. It's you're exactly. providing a service by doing your passion that other people find entertaining or other people find educational or other people find something of value and the more people that find it of value and the better the content the better the message that you're putting out i think the the brighter your future oh absolutely and it is it's it's like this the theme i guess for this is it's limitless right now this whole world we live in is completely limitless with what you want to do 
where you can get your message out to and and even going back to your talking about the the country boys in terms of how they grew up with the farm those same guys now that are growing up also the 20 years ago didn't have social they didn't know what else was out there they right. only knew that world now you know everything everywhere you the today's generation and I, and again i hate saying today's generation because i'm 40 uh, you're 50 50 apparently my dad's 65 they can reach out to anybody at any time with social media so every today more than ever there's no excuse to be held back from doing anything anybody with a smartphone can make a name for themselves doing anything so i mean i'm proof the proof's in the pudding i i was nothing five years ago in terms of a social i didn't even have an instagram and now uh, you know, like I said, personally, there's almost a million followers between my accounts. And then on the back end, there's another four to five million that I'm kind of on the uh, the ghost side of it running. So you can create anything you want. If you, if you like, uh, the key is finding your passion. If you're not passionate about it, you're not going to spend the time to do it. You're not going to see it through. You're not going to go through the grind. But if you have the passion for something, you want to do it, do whatever it takes. And you're not going to, like you said, you're not going to see a check for a long time. You can't, it's not about the money. It's about your passion. If you do what you love and you do it well, the money will find you. And so I think that's the theme. If you're going to put a bow on all this, that's kind of where it, it wraps up. And luckily for you and I, it's fishing-based, and we get to do what we love. So, Dude, I don't know that I could have possibly come up with a conclusion any better than that. So we're going to stop right there. Um, the whole podcast has been about following your passion. Your passion is Outdoor 360. How do people find you? Where do they go? Obviously, they look up Outdoor 360. <laughs> right. You've made it as easy That's as right. possible. But Any social media, just look up Outdoor 360 and you'll find us. Okay. Or right. Outdoor360.com. That well, easy. Well, Rob, thank you very much for sitting down with us. I think that we've given people a lot of things to think about. I appreciate it. All right. See you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Rob. That was an excellent conversation. I really enjoyed my time with you. Guys, go to all the different social medias that we're on saltwater experience saltwater underscore experience tom underscore roland you can follow us and see what we're doing what i'm doing with the podcast love to have you over there if you could rate and review the show on itunes that would be awesome and send me an email at podcast at saltwaterexperience.com if you want to otherwise i will see you next week with another amazing guest i'm will cooper host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.